Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Ridgeview Church. My name is Alex Barrett. I'm the lead pastor. We're so glad that you've decided to join us online this morning. Uh, We hope that this next hour of your life will be an encouragement uh, to you. We are in the middle of a series called Stand, and we're looking at stories of courage from the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. Uh, There's something about digging into these old stories in the, the Old Testament that really uh, fortify our faith. We see people that have gone before us that have chosen in the middle of what they faced, in the middle of opposition, to stand uh, for, for God, to stand for His truth and to live life really according to His ways. And so we start the series talking about the importance of standing out. And in the life of Daniel, he didn't do what everyone else did. He decided he wanted to stand out by not defiling or dishonoring a God. I hope that was a help for you. If you missed that, you can check out previous messages on our website. Last week, we talked about the importance of standing up in the middle of things that are going on. How do we stand up for the truth? How do we maybe confront people in a loving, humble way so that they can actually be restored back to God's plan for their life? And so in that same theme of standing, today we're going to be talking about the importance of standing strong. How do we, in the middle of what we're facing, kind of face the pressure and handle the pressure in a way that pleases God? So not not bailing, but hanging in there and waiting uh, for God to come through. And so I want to share from maybe one of the greatest stories that people have learned about the Bible since they were young, and it's Daniel in the lion's den. And so that's the story that we're going to Uh, be kind of learning more about today, more about the context. Now, if you grew up in church, you probably remember this story. And what's interesting about stories that are told over and over is sometimes over time, you may forget or never knew the context, or maybe the pictures that you have in your head don't necessarily match what actually happened. And so as with all stories, especially in the scripture, we have the scriptures to really use as a reference for the story. And so that's what we're going to do today is kind of set up what's happening before and after this epic story. Now, you'll see an image here on the screen of like a classic a storybook of Daniel in the lion's den. And if you notice the picture of those lions, they seem somewhat tame, maybe even a little bit friendly. Uh, but that's not actually what was happening in the story as we'll dig into. These, these lions were, were vicious uh, just like any lion, this wasn't like a zookeeper going to the zoo. These lions are out uh, in, you know, their their wild habitat. Although they're in a den, they're they're ready to, you know, they're ready to pounce. And so we'll talk a little bit about even in the middle of this crazy story how God uh, comes through. And so I just want to set up uh, some some context, and I'm going to begin in Daniel six. Uh, right now in the story, he's about in his 80s. We started two weeks ago. When he was taken from King Nebuchadnezzar, taken into exile, he was about 12 to 15 years old. Uh, Last week, we talked about uh, this opportunity he had uh, to really stand up and interpret King Nebuchadnezzar's dream, and he was about 45 to 50 years old. Well, today in the story, he's in his 80s. So he's been walking with God for many years. He's seen God come through. And in fact, in this story, he's no longer under the rule of King Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. He's actually on the third king that he's been under, and it's King uh, Darius. And King Darius, according to the scriptures, is an administrative genius. He knew what to do in the kingdom. He knew how to organize. And that's important because he actually had a plan for Daniel. He knew Daniel's skill, his character, his experience. And so he set him up 
to lead what is called satraps. And we'll see that word in a moment when I read the scripture. But satraps are really kingdom protectors. And so Daniel was put in this place of prime position because of King Darius's wisdom. He saw Daniel as a man that I can count on. So let's pick up the story. We're going to be reading all the way through Daniel 6 today. Here it is, starting in verse 1. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom. And over them, three high officials of whom Daniel was one, to whom these satraps should give an account, so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. So in Daniel's life, again, he did not do things that everyone else did. He stood out, he stood up, and today he's going to stand strong. But we see God continue to take care of him. And in the scripture, you see this this description, he had an excellent spirit within him. This isn't talking to his own character or even his own wisdom. The excellent spirit is actually God's presence in his life. He walked with God. He feared God, as we've learned in the story so far. And so King Darius, again, in his wisdom and experience, knew Daniel is a person that I need to put in charge. And then as he gets more, I need to keep putting him in charge. And he was just keep getting promoted and promoted. And so these satraps who were going to be organizing so much of the king's finances and kind of the protector of the kingdom, Daniel was going to be above them, one of the three high officials. Well, then he was even going to be kind of the official over the the high officials. You could see this track record that was beginning to happen. Daniel was given responsibility. God continued to care for him, provide for him, lead him forward, guide him. And Daniel gained more and more influence, even in this foreign kingdom. Now, at this point in the story, you'd think that Daniel, in his 80s, was at a place where he could just coast and just enjoy, in a way, the fruit of his labor. Maybe it was time to relax, to start thinking about retirement. He was given this prestigious position under King Darius. But you find that this was actually not just a means for celebration. In fact, there were some things happening behind the scenes. There were some things happening with others that was going to bring much pain, much problems to uh, Daniel's life. And that's what I want to kind of begin today. Part of understanding what it means to stand strong is this. When God raises you up, expect people to tear you down. Uh, This happened in Daniel's life. Again, he in his 80s had experienced God's blessing again and again. He kept getting promoted in his work. He kept getting promoted in his influence. Uh, Certainly, uh, he really knew that God would come through for him and again and again. But what you find is when God raises us up and when God calls us forward to please him and to make hard decisions, we are going to face opposition. Sometimes the opposition is within ourselves. We can actually tear ourselves down. Have you ever sensed that you need to do something, maybe something really hard to please God? Maybe it was like last week, like you need to have a hard conversation with somebody, but in your head, you talk yourself out of it. They're not going to listen to you. How could you talk to anybody because look at your own life or you begin to beat yourself up. And sometimes the biggest opposition comes from the lies that we believe about ourselves, the lies that we believe about others, the lies that we believe about maybe even reality and what's happening around us. But there's other opposition as well. When God promotes us, there's people who are going to come against us. Maybe you have really been trying to seek the Lord in your work and you're working diligently and you're taking care of your responsibilities. You're being faithful, somewhat like like Daniel. 
And maybe you got a promotion and you are so thankful and you're praising God and you're like, God, thank you for your provision. And maybe it came with more pay and God, thank you for these new resources. But then maybe there's people at the workplace that's disgruntled and maybe they're jealous and that, that happens. As you begin to get blessing, other people will not be appreciative of it. In fact, they wish the blessing that you have was, was for them. And that's easy in all of us. We can want what other people have. Also, maybe in your faith, maybe you're, you're finally at a point where you've been learning, you've been growing, and you really are excited to share your faith with others. And maybe there's people in your life that are like, you know what, can, can you tone it down a little bit? You're starting to seem like one of those extreme or maybe those, those crazy people. And that opposition can just come in the sense of like, people aren't accepting you in the same way. Or maybe they're thinking that this faith season in your life will, will pass. Maybe right now it seems like it's so important, but... This will, this will pass, and they're kind of wanting you uh, to settle down. Maybe for some of you, as you've been seeking God's Word, like we've talked about, you're beginning to get these predetermined resolutions that you need to make. Maybe it's related to your, to your family life or in integrity in your personal life, and you're beginning to want to make these changes, but again, people just think, you know what, you don't need to do that. You're, you're choosing the hard way. Choose the easy way. Maybe it's you want to really try to have uh, you know, focused time of training for your kids while they're young. And so maybe the mom needs to stay home. And that means, well, how do we live off of one income? And you begin to make hard decisions in your finances. It's really easy for people to come alongside. It's like, that doesn't work. You can't do that. But that's maybe a conviction that you have. And so in all these instances, sharing your faith, convictions that you have, even maybe the way God blesses you, people may come to oppose you. I'm telling you this so, so you can expect it. To follow Christ doesn't mean that your life will be free of opposition. In fact, there's another critical opponent that we have, and it's Satan himself. And not only is it him, it's legions of demons, his spirits that follow him that that also want to oppose you as well. So when you decide to follow Christ, you actually do begin a spiritual battle. So we're talking about standing strong. We're talking about in this earth with what we're facing, but also spiritually. We're commanded to stand, to fight with the spiritual armor that God gives us. To learn more about this, you can read in Ephesians 6 in the New Testament. I encourage you to do that. So we have opposition from many sides, from within us, from others, and also in the spiritual realm uh, from Satan himself. Now, why do I say that? To discourage us? Well, no. To make us realize that we can stand strong knowing that God will come through. Well, how? Does that work? Well, let's pick up the story. As the plot against Daniel began to thicken, people began to oppose him. And let's see what Daniel decided to do. This is verses four and five. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Verse five, then these men said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. So notice they are looking for any reason to come against Daniel. And they look at his life and they say, there's, there's actually nothing that we can find fault with. Now, this is where kind of my life and Daniel's life sometimes begin. It seems like they detour because for me, there's lots of things that people could look at and find fault with my attitude, my response, the way I handle my life. And, and I'm sure that's the same for you. But Daniel, he had many things in his life shored up. 
And so they decided that the only way that we're going to be able to hassle him, the only way that we're going to be able to come against him is in his relationship to God. They knew that his faith and his faithfulness was the only thing that they could try to unhinge. If we can rattle him in this sense, if we can rattle him in this way, uh, it will work. And so for us, what that, that means, it's a reminder that, you know, we always have to be careful. In our relationship with God, there's always these wedges that can exist. Again, it could be us just distancing ourselves from God. It could be from others, but we really need to make sure, God, help me to, to stay in short accounts with you. Help me to, to pray regularly to you, to, to seek you uh, in help. And so the plot was unleashed. They begin to think how they can you know, get to him. Let's get to his relationship with God. And then we pick up the story in verse 6. It says, Then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O king, Darius, live forever. I just want to make a note here. It began with the high officials, the two. Again, Daniel had more influence than them, but these two were disgruntled. And notice what they did. They didn't just plot with the two of them. They began to get all of these satraps that they were leaders over to come against Daniel. And that's what you find with opposition. That's what you find with gossip. That's what you find with disunity. It's like a spark. It's like a fire that spreads. It's like one thing, one person gets disgruntled or complained, and then they get others in, and they get others in. Before you know it, you have this huge group, this huge movement of opposition. You see that in life. You can see that in the church as well. So notice what happens in verse 7. So all the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. So again, remember they thought the only way that we can disrupt Daniel's life is we need to get this about worship. We need to put this worship on somebody else. So they decide, let's just make this ordinance. Maybe have the king decide that this is good. That way Daniel cannot worship his God anymore and he'll have to make a choice. And then verse eight, now, O king, they're encouraging him, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and the injunction. Now, because of Daniel's position, this wouldn't take long for him to get the news. And so he got the news, heard of this injunction. At this point, Daniel really had, from what I can tell, three choices. I'm sure there's many more, but three main choices that he could have chosen to this now injunction signed by the law. If you broke it, you were going to be punished by death. And here's the choices. The first is he could have stopped praying. You know, you can't pray to anyone except the king. So he could have just stopped and said, okay, well, for this period of time, I will not pray to God. You know, I've been praying for 80 years of my life. Well, it doesn't matter if I take a little time off. My life is at stake. So he he could have stopped. Uh, The second choice, he could have just faked it. People wouldn't have known if he was just praying to God inside his head. Maybe as they were relating to him and he wasn't talking, like, what, what are you doing, Daniel? And he was like, well, I'm, I'm just thinking, just thinking hard about the decisions that we need to make in the kingdom. And he could have been praying. And so he could have just been faking it and lying it and appearing like he's not doing what he was told not to do. And then the third is he would continue to pray in the way that he has done his whole life. And in the story, we find that that's exactly what he did. He didn't stop. He didn't fake it. 
in faith, he continued to pray. And when the pressure was on, he knew that even with the injunction, this was the most critical time for him to pray to God. And so what we find is when God promotes you, expect opposition. And then the second point from this story is this. Kneeling to pray is what gives you the strength to stand. Daniel knew he needed to stand. He always has his whole life. He knew he had to stand for what is right. He knew he had to stand for his God. He knew he had to stand and promote the kingdom of God over any other kingdom. His ultimate allegiance wasn't to Babylon. It wasn't to King Darius, just like it wasn't to King Nebuchadnezzar. It was to the King, the Almighty God, the Jehovah Jireh, the provider for him. And so here's where we pick up the story in verse 10. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he has done previously. So he knew kneeling before God is what will give me the strength to stand. And in the moment of greatest pressure, in the test of his faith, where he could have easily chosen at that moment to bail, he did what he has always done. He came to God and on his knees, he humbly prayed three times a day to ask God for help. I do believe that that posture is important. That kneeling represents this ultimate surrender, this submission. If you've never gotten on your knees to pray, I encourage you to do that. It's again a reminder of who we serve, of who has the power. When you get to your knees, it's like this surrender. You don't have the power. You don't have the wherewithal, the means to answer your prayers. You need God to come through. And that's exactly what Daniel did. With no fanfare, no announcement, he just did what he has always done for all the decades of his life. And again, I believe it's tied to the predetermined resolutions that he's made. He decided he would pray to God every day of his life. He would seek God as things got tough. He would praise God when things were going well. He knew what it was like to walk with God. He kneeled. He reminded himself of his dependence. And it's the same uh, for all of us. And so as you stand for truth, not, not everyone agrees and you'll face the opposition, but you can, you can know that when you kneel and when you ask God for help, he will come through. And that leads to the third point, what we find from the story. When you do what's right, you can always trust God with the results. So just to, re- just to recap, when God promotes you, when he raises you up and calls you forward, expect opposition. When the opposition comes, point two, kneeling to pray is what gives you the strength to stand. And then finally, from this story, what we find is when you do what's right, you can always, always, always trust God with the results. Now, I think his age is really important here because, again, he has a track record of God coming through. He can look back of all the decades. You know, in my 70s, God came through. He helped me when I called to him. You know, in my, my 60s, it was the same. And you know, in my 50s and then my 20s. And remember when I was 12 and I even got taken here and my whole life was pulled from me and my whole identity was stripped of any allegiance to God? Even then, God came through. He provided. And I just want to encourage you with the things that you're facing in your life. Look back and just acknowledge the ways that, that God has come through. 
thank him for the ways that, that he has delivered you in the past. Because that track record is what gives you the confidence as you face the things right now that you're facing. And so back to the story. He prayed. Then the officials, again, were setting him up. They, they were just watching every move. They saw him pray. Then they reported it to the king. King, Daniel has defied your order. He has been praying not only once but three times to his God. And that defied the edict, the thing that you signed, how could he go against your word? Now, King Darius was devastated of this news because Daniel was his most favorable, influential leader, somebody that he saw as, again, taking over more and more of the affairs of the kingdom. Everyone looked at favor to Daniel except those that were jealous of him. Now, Darius knew that he had been tricked and he was just so upset, as you can imagine, he was set up. And so he, he sought ways, well, how can I change this? How can I protect Daniel's life? What is it that, that I can do so his life can continue? I, I don't want to be the one that kills the greatest leader that I've been able to, to lead. And so he's disturbed, he's distressed, he's devastated. Uh, he tries to get out of it, but they remind him, but you've signed it. Again, this plot that they had was so de- deceiving. And again, just a reminder, deception, when you're opposed, when people come against you, there's all sorts of things that people can do. Things that you may not even think about, but God knows, and he is in uh, control. And so uh, the the king is, is so disturbed, he doesn't want any entertainment, he doesn't want to eat, he's just so distraught that his hand will be the one that, that causes the death of, of Daniel. So he goes in his palace, he fasts, he prays, and then Daniel is put into the lion's den, just like it was told for anyone who did not obey. We don't know exactly what happened at this point. Like we don't have this necessarily camera of this play-by-play, but what we do know is what didn't happen, and that is Daniel's life was not taken from him. The lions did not attack him in any way. Scriptures say that their mouths were shut. Literally, like there was no way that they were going to attack him. And this is the power of God at hand. And that's it. When, when you stand, you can trust God with the results. He will take care of you. It may not be the timing that you think, maybe not be even the way that you think, but just like in the life of Daniel, he will take care of you. And this is the story in verse 19. It says, Then at break of day, the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Verse 21, then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths, and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him and also before you. O king, I have done no harm. Then check this out in verse 23. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted in God. And what you find later in the scriptures after this story is that the king, in his justice for being tricked and deceived, 
through the people that had come against him into the lion's den and their lives were taken by those very lions. So the very lions who did nothing to harm, their mouths were reopened and the king had his justice. And ultimately, again, it's the reminder that God does what he wants. He protects, he watches out, he cares. And so in those instances where we're facing the oppositions, where we think we're not gonna know what to do, when we're overwhelmed, we can trust God with the results. When we kneel, we can trust that he will give us the strength. And then when we face the opposition, we know that God can come through. So again, there may be a lot of things that you're facing in your life. Things that are concerning for you. Certainly it could be health-related. Things that just are overwhelming, they're, they're weighing on you. Maybe it's the health of people dear to you. And I see so many prayer requests of people that just right now, they're praying for the health of themselves and others. And this is real, like when our, when our health begins to, to, to deteriorate and things, problems, it, it just gets to us. And, and those really weigh heavy on us. And that sometimes just is hard to stand strong. And so I, I just want to let you know, we, we are praying for you as a church. Also, there's some of you who are really trying for the first time to become serious about walking with God. There's some of you who are even ready, like you've never yet decided to follow Jesus. And today, you just kind of sense he's calling you forward. You need to stand strong, even against opposition. You need to come forward and just like Daniel, bow your knee and surrender in prayer. And so I encourage you, if you've never committed your life to Christ, you can do this today. There's a moment here where you can decide, I want to follow Jesus. Let us know and we would love to follow up with you. So wherever you're facing, whatever you have in your life right now, God sees you, he cares for you, he loves you, and he will come through. So on that, I just want to encourage you with some next steps that you can take. So if you've not yet filled out your connection card, go ahead and do that. And here is the first next step. As a church, tomorrow, November 2nd, the day before our election, so many things going on. We have our own lives and then we have the country and we have all sorts of unrest. We have the unknown and fears. I want to encourage all of us, just like Daniel, to pray before God. And I also want us to fast, just like the king did when he sought the Lord himself on Daniel's behalf. And so tomorrow, November 2nd, as a church, I want us to pray and fast and take the day to just all that we have going on in our life, just talk to God about it. If you've never fasted before, it's designed to really help you in your spiritual life, to kind of take away distractions, to carve out time so that you can pray these, these prayers of surrender for what you're facing, for what's concerning you. And so if you commit that next step, you want to pray and fast tomorrow, we will send you some resources. And on that resource is just a guide for you to walk through, like where you can spend time in the scriptures, when you could spend time with what you're facing and you, you just pray that to God just like Daniel did. Because what we know is when we kneel to pray, God gives us the strength to stand. And so I encourage you tomorrow, take that challenge and get on your knees some part during the day and pray just to be reminded of our dependence. And so pray and fast with us as a church. Mark that on your connection card. We will send you resources. The second is just a continuation of that. We obviously don't wanna stop our prayer. So you can make just the next step. I'm gonna pray three times a day, every day this week. So Monday, I'm gonna start with this 
fast and surrender and prayer time towards God. And you still work. You still have to get your responsibilities. But you, when you're not eating, you, you take that time to devote yourselves to prayer and to reading of the scriptures. But then to continue that this week, how can I continue on Tuesday and on Wednesday and on Thursday to pray just three times a week? Maybe it's breakfast, lunch, dinner. You just think through, I need to carve out some time to pray. And I encourage you to do that. Third, I encourage you as we continue this series, this next week, we're going to talk further about how we stand firm, stand strong in the fires that we face. And there's people in your life that are facing just some things that are overwhelming to them. And they're just waiting for some hope. And I encourage you, invite somebody to watch our online service. We've added two more additional times. We have a service now at 1 p.m. and at 4 p.m. So share, like come watch the service, be encouraged. And I encourage you to do that. And if you can make it to church at the park, invite somebody to come with you. So right now as we're closing out the service, go ahead, fill out that connection card. Take one of these next steps. Let us know you're here. Let us know how we can pray for you and we would love to do that this week. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the story of Daniel and the way that you have come through for him and the accounts in scripture of the people that you've always come through for and you've provided for. And as we call out to you, we have the same confidence today that you hear us, you will answer us according to your will and you will do what's best. We can trust you with the results. So I just pray for all those right now who are overwhelmed with health concerns, with financial concerns, with relationship concerns. Right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray that you will help them right now with whatever they're facing. I pray that they'll turn to you and surrender. I pray for anyone right now who's not yet decided to follow you as the king of their life and as their boss, that they will decide today to follow you, to become a Christian And God, in faith, we want to please you. We want to stand strong. So will you help us with whatever we're facing for the things that you've called us for to do that we'll do so in faith. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.